This is Always Ready, Matt Cardona, and you're watching Pro Wrestling for Life. Welcome to another edition of Pro Wrestling for Life, everyone. I'm trying so hard right now not to do this intro the exact same way I do this intro every fucking week. So, it's me. WWE Hall of Famer Xbox. See, this time I didn't say two-time Hall of Famer. So it's a little bit different. Welcome to the show, everyone. My co-host, Nick Hausman. What's up, Nick? I'm great, Sean. Uh, we have another banger episode here for everybody this week. Uh, after we do a little news talk at the top here, we're going to dive right into a pretty uh, meaty conversation with Matt Cardona, who I guess has a death wish because he's feuding with Nick Gage right now. Uh, then we're going to welcome the show. We have two guests this week. So rather than doing a retrospective segment, we're going to welcome on Effie. We're going to be talking about the relationship between pro wrestling, the LGBTQ community as part of Pride Month. We're also going to play a game with Effie. And at the end of the show, we're going to debut a new segment, one, two, three questions, where we're going to welcome on a uh, Patreon fan of ours, a pro wrestling for life Patreon fan to ask you a couple questions at the end of the show. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes. You yes. surprised me, Nick. I did. I did. Uh, I love today's episode. I think you guys are going to love it, too. Uh, I want to thank you all so much for supporting Pro Wrestling for Life. Personally, a couple housekeeping things here real quick. We finally landed Pro Rest for Life over on Instagram, Sean. It is the same handle now as over on Twitter. So if you want to go follow us on Instagram, it is also Pro Rest for Life. Um, we are looking, by the way for somebody to be an Instagram manager. So if you are out there and you have a lot of experience with Instagram, you think you can help us grow that platform, shoot us DM. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you are a Patreon member on top of the watch-alongs and the early release, the ad-free and the archives and everything, we now have a Discord server, which is like forums, where you can come and talk to the other Patreon members in the Discord. It's a private Discord. And Sean, we haven't talked about it really much off-air, but the intent is to get you in this discord server so you can talk to people throughout the week all right i'll have to drop in yeah so come on over. pro wrestling for life over on patreon all right hey let's get to uh let's get to the news you can use news will leave a bruise dude it was super cool to takeover, man the ode that the way had to diesel razor you sean i think the dog was hunter um how cool was it for you to see candace LeRae dressed up like the one two three kid at takeover you know, Nick, when when stuff like that happens, it always feels good. I mean, like, and people always ask, you know, hey, what'd you how'd you feel about that? Felt good. Felt good to see it. Um, uh, I'm honored, uh, and I I reply like I I actually once I actually saw I saw Candace LeRae's tweet. And yeah, she was, and like hers, she was me, right? I believe she was. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, absolutely, she was, yeah. and um, like I think of all of everyone in the group, I relate to her more as like when I was one, two, three kid. Why is that? Because that's just her. Like she's the like babyface Candice LeRae. Like that's dude. It doesn't get more fucking babyface than that. Like yeah. un, you know, underdog. You know, you know. So I mean, I just I when she first came in and you know she was fighting her way you know just to get just to get on on tv you know um um you know and some people like some people didn't think she 
that would have took, I think. Really? To be you there. Talk, I don't know. You talk about people internally in WWE or just kind of in Maybe. Gen- Honestly. Yeah. I wow. might be wrong about that. Wow. But like she like I think she's fucking great. <laughs> I agree, man. I, I agree. Yeah. Just white meat baby face. Like it's hard to pull that off, man. And she, and she did a great job. And they and you know, when they when they turned, like man, they were just as good as heels as, as they were as baby faces. Yeah, That's man. They're they're really fun to watch. All the stuff at their house where they're just having dinner, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the indie indie Hartwell, Dexter Loomis stuff, man. I don't know what it is, but it just is like it's it feels good for both of them. It's giving them something fun and tangible to do on NXT TV, you know. Mm-hmm. Jesus um, Christ. Now I'm like, oh, maybe some people didn't think she has what it takes. Now like <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. Like I didn't mean to start some bullshit and some fucking dipshit's gonna make a, a clickbait fucking thing about oh Xbox says Candace Array didn't have what it takes. Shut the fuck up. All right, hey Raj, let's not let's not run that one. Um as uh, <laughs> yeah, please don't. It's wrestling ink. That's fine. Got it. Um, also on Takeover, you know, you have a lot of history with Ted DiBiase, right? Uh, the yeah. million dollar title now back uh, in NXT. LA Knight beat Cameron Grimes uh, to become the new million dollar champion. How do you feel about that? I mean, I guess I understand why they had the ladder match because you know the get the belt or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I, I kind of like. I, a lot of people were like hot that uh, L.A. Knight won that. I noticed, right? I was not thrilled. That's why. Like, why don't we just see where it fucking goes first? Like, I, you know, where, where what where the end point is instead of getting all hot. Ugh, Cameron Grimes should have gotten it. I probably will end up with it. You think so? I think so. I just I I feel good for L.A. Knight because he really hasn't had a big moment in NXT yet. I thought this was a big moment for him. But Cameron Grimes, like. I would think when they started this character, like, dude, you're the new million dollar man. At some point, we're going to get this title on you. That's mm-hmm. what I thought was going to happen, you know? So. Sure. All right. Yeah. All right. Lastly, here on TakeOver, just your thoughts on the main event. We got a loaded show here, so we're just going to do one more thing. Carrying uh, Cross, man, laid waste to all four of the other men that are even within like 10 yards of that title. A lot of speculation on what could be next for him. What, what did you think of the main event and the decision to have Cross just kind of lay waste to all the other top competition in NXT? That's fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Like nobody, nobody in that match is like, uh, um, I don't, it didn't really hurt anybody. Nick, it just built, it just built him up. Yeah. You know, uh, they had a hell of a match I thought. Uh, and you know, that's where they're going with this guy. They want to build this guy up like fucking like a beast like that. That's how you do it. You know, right. yeah, that's cool. We can edit right there. That's great. Beast like that. That's how you do it. Boom. That's Eight. it. That's We're it. We're talking about Braun Strowman. Do you want to talk about Braun Strowman? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, you mentioned it. We talked. Well, I said in the the run sheet. I mean, we talked about his release last week. But I mean, yeah. he's he wants twenty k on the indies. Do you want to comment on the fact that Braun Strowman is asking for a, a huge number when it comes to the independence? Yeah, I mean, he's he set his price and people. Um, people can pay it or not pay it. Like, there's no reason to get fucking hot about it, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I just don't see what the problem is. And if no one, if no one, if there's no buyers at 20k, uh, he'll either sit at home or he'll lower his price. <laughs> it's that simple. No need to go. What the fuck's the matter with him? 
<laughs> he's trying to figure out where he is. Uh, you know, he's trying to figure out his market value. Yeah, totally. Go big, man. If you can get it, get it, I, right? Yeah, and you want to start higher and then go lower as opposed to start lower and then go higher. Yeah. It's really funny how that works. It's true. We're Scott's Boy, I'm sarcastic as fuck yeah, today. You're in the mood, man. I love it. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But I had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. Yeah, totally. I mean, and Sean, like, you're a high-level athlete. I mean, I'm sure you, like, want to enjoy cereal, but, like, you don't want to put, you know, all that sugar and stuff into your system, right? Yeah, and, like, right these days, Nick, um, I'm really conscious about what I put in my body as far as food and everything. Uh, and, um, like, I try to, I try to, um, I try to eat, like, a uh, paleo or kind of a keto-ish type of diet you know not real not like super strict but like I'm, I'm just really mindful of it and uh man this magic spoon man i'm freaking i'm in heaven with this stuff man i i know you are like that's the thing is you told me because like we got this a couple days ago you told me that you got the magic spoon and then you enjoyed it and then yes it, was, it like disappeared is that what you yeah did? Like I literally just a couple minutes ago, I had to go upstairs and get this from where I hid it for my <laughs> wife. I had to hide because my wife's just like me. She, she tries to watch what she eats and, you know, right. similar, uh, similar diet to mine. And okay. uh, I came up and all my magic, just about all my magic spoon was gone. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, there was some serious heat in the household over that. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, we want to tell our sponsor, great sponsor, Magic Spoon. Yeah, we love the product. It won't ruin your relationship. I don't know if we can say that is like a health anecdote, but it, it shouldn't. I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, this is this is really good stuff. I mean, great flavors at zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, uh, only four net grams of carbs in each serving and yeah. only 140 calories a serving. That's really good, Sean. For considering how it tastes, Dude. it's um, it's amazing, Nick. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing, man. Like especially if, if you haven't had any of this type of stuff in a while, like if you're being pretty strict on your diet uh, and you don't, you don't cheat, man, you'll feel like you're cheating when you eat this. Like, honestly, you feel like you're doing something wrong when you eat it. It's yeah. that damn good. Yeah. I mean, and you talk about how good it is for your diet. I mean, a keto friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low carb, uh, GMO free. And yep. what we got, Sean, is what everybody out there right now can try as well. The variety pack. So you get yes. four different flavors. You get cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter, which is the one I have right now, and I've been munching yes. on before we did this spot. Yes. My favorite are, are the fruity ones. They're, uh, I'm not going to tell you what uh, what brand uh, cereal. I'm, I don't want to name, you know. I don't, can I name up Fruit Loops? Sure, it tastes I, a lot I, like Fruit Loops, man. Okay, got I'm it. Made just as good. Yeah? Just as okay. good, yeah. I, I agree with you, man. Yeah. And like they told us in the, in the copy here to yeah. try putting the cocoa and the peanut butter together and yeah. make like your own kind of like mix cereal. Did you do it? Oh, I did it, Sean. And yeah. it's really good. It's nice. just a peanut butter cup, you know? Nice. And you know, like I don't, I don't drink milk anymore. So uh, like I either use like an almond milk or like um, earlier I used oat milk with it. Mm. So, and, and it's amazing. 
even with like almond milk, oat milk, uh, cashew, any of that stuff. So yeah, like, yes, man, if you're like, if, if, if you don't use dairy, like just throw some coconut milk or almond milk in there with it. It's amazing. Um, hey, so yeah. anyways, Hey, so, um, Anyone uh, that's listening or watching right now wants, wants to give Magic Spoon a try, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Uh, if you do, uh, go to magicspoon.com slash pro. That's magicspoon.com slash P-R-O to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code PRO, P-R-O, at checkout to save $5 off your order. Yeah. Five bucks, man. Gone. Yep. Off off of it. You get to try it and it's five dollars gone. You don't even need yep. it. Bro. And 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 Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a one hundred percent happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Man. That's good. That's customer service, I can believe it, Sean. Yep. 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 Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash P-R-O and use the code P-R-O to save $5 off. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, of course we want to thank you again, Magic Spoon uh, for coming on and sponsoring Pro Wrestling for Life. I love Magic Spoon. Like this isn't just, Hey, it's not just, uh, we have a sponsor. Like I legit love this shit, man. It is so good. I hope everyone gives it a shot. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Oh, yeah, Sean. I mean, I, I, you know, I know that every man out there wants to feel very virile, right, in the, in the bedroom there. And, you know, Blue Chew, they offer a unique online service. They deliver the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, uh, but it's in a chewable form, and it's at a fraction of the cost. So that's nice. Chewable form, much more uh, inexpensive than, than these other leading brands out there, you know? Yeah. And uh, Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve heart. Did I already fucking say that? Yeah, no, you, I mean, you can, I think they want us to really emphasize it here, that, you know, mm -hmm. the harder, stronger erections that you get, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if, if you've heard, but, like, Erections on blue chew are like blue steel. A cat can't scratch it. That's so really good. that's good. So yeah, they're at all. I stole that line from a movie from, from when I was a kid. Anyways. <laughs> uh, I don't want the cat scratching my steel pole, but whatever to each his own with your blue chew. So blue chew is an online prescription service. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a nice discreet package. So it doesn't say, Blue Chew, deal with your erectile dysfunction on the right. bottom. Discreet, you know, discreet. Yeah. yeah, the process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Oh, yeah, yeah. And those licensed medical providers, they're going to work with you to find the right ingredient and the strength for your prescription that you're going to need. Yeah. The one I like to use, Nick, is the, is the uh, Sildenafil, the one that's um, that's like similar to um, oh, Cialis. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's I like. You, there's two different ones you can get. I just prefer that one. 
Okay, so you so yeah. you're so that's great that you actively are using this and you can testify that this is a great product. Oh yeah, I blue chew was on board with me um for a while back when I was doing Xbox 12360. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and and like the thing I like about them too is like they're made in the USA. Yeah, they prepare, they ship direct, so it's cheaper than going to a pharmacy. I mean, it's a lot of great stuff over at Blue Chew. I mean, they're, yeah. I mean, for pro wrestling fans, we, I mean, you know about Blue Chew, but this is your chance to really try it out. You know what I mean? That's the thing about Blue Chew, Nick, um, is they've been so supportive of uh, the wrestling industry and wrestling podcasts. Like, um, so uh, I hope everyone goes out and supports them. And they yeah. have been, right? Blue is doing great. I think they're the, I mean, as far as I know, I think they're the, they're at the top of their, um, you know, I'm not going to say the other, the other names of uh, their competitors, but. Okay. They're know, at the top of the, they're at the top of the heat. They're at the top, yeah. the peak of the erection. They're on the tip of that erection is where that is. Mm-hmm. The tip. That's the best part. And blue, <laughs> hey, so the tip, uh, just the tip. Yeah, I know. I'm glad that I'm glad that tickled you, Sean. Hey, so what else do we have here? We say, well, that's the thing, is Sean. This isn't just about us saying nice things. Uh, the listeners out there, we got a great deal for you when it comes to Blue Chew. So, if you want to try Blue Chew free, uh, use the promo code Pro at checkout. Uh, just you're going to pay five dollars shipping, but you're going to get the free Blue Chew. That's BlueChew.com promo code Pro. Uh, you're going to receive the first month free, uh, and that's great. You know, Sean. Yes. Once again, that's bluechew.com, promo code PRO, P-R-O, to receive the first month free. And we thank you very much, Blue Chew. Appreciate your support. It was good seeing you, WrestleCon. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you uh, for signing that figure. <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about it. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. My mom sent my mom sent me like she just wanted to, you know she's getting old and she's downsizing and like she had like all all that fucking action figure dude I got eight fucking bins big bins full of fucking stuff here wow I I found a Lucy uh, in there yeah on <laughs> my Hasbro yeah, even yeah, yeah. even out of the package that's fucking expensive it's 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 very expensive it's so like. Matt, when you hear that Sean Waltman had like his mom has bins of his stuff, like how excited does that make you? Like random Sean Waltman memorabilia. Uh, that- I would love to go with the major pod crew and, and just open it up, see what's in there. You know, if you're in town, <laughs> dude. Swing by and look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, it sounds like I mean, it sounds like a Storage Wars episode. That would be great. Um, yeah. Uh, but we should keep all of this, Sean. You should just roll into the interview. Like, let's just welcome yeah. Matt and right. you know do the do the thing here. So what? Let's just get into. It. Hey, everybody, joining us right now on the show is Matt Cardona. What's up, Matt? What's up, Sean? How's it going? Good. Usually, I do this big long <laughs> silly intro or whatever, but everybody knows Matt Cardona. Jeez, I hope so. Like... It's been a while. <laughs> been around for a little bit. Looking good, bro. Looking I just, good. I just man. got back from the gym. You know, there's some arms. I got a good pump right now. Yeah, yeah I saw <laughs> some pictures of uh, on Instagram at uh, Poolside. Oh yeah, we had this uh, this Paps Blue Ribbon. Uh, they sponsor the major recipe podcast. We're, we're filming a commercial, so it got oh. it got wild a couple of days ago. Uh, it was myself, Brian Myers, uh, Mark Sterling, and Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle, and just, I saw. Just, yeah. just drinking as many uh, PBRs as we could and being filmed and documented. So. Uh, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of crazy footage. <laughs> hey, how did you like? 
not to get all up in the sponsorship questions, but why not? How'd you get hooked up with PBR? Just uh, yeah. So it turns out that that one of the guys uh, who who works with PBR, Corey, is a big fan of our podcast, huh? and, and he's like, "Hey, would you be interested in working with PBR?" Like, hell yeah. Of yeah. course, you know. Yeah. So it's such a it's a it's a big opportunity for us, like to see how far we can take this. We're using the hashtag major PBR and trying to get all our fans involved and take wild pictures, whether it be with, with wrestling figures or themselves, and we're just seeing what happens, you know. Isn't it isn't it crazy? Like, okay, you just told the story. They came to you. Yes. Do you yes. remember not that many years ago when <laughs> Man, you couldn't get somebody to like you. We had to chase them down, and they were still no, for sure. Eggs. Absolutely. So I, I'm very fortunate, and and when an opportunity presents itself, especially like this, I'm gonna jump all over it. Yeah. Is hey, it Matt. okay? Go ahead. Nick, I, I was here. gonna ask because I saw the commercials. You were major PBR, I think. Is like what the the yes. media thing. Is this going to be a national commercial or like is social? Yeah, I, I say commercial. It's probably going to be like on, on YouTube and social and stuff like that. I don't I don't think it's going to be playing during Monday Night Raw. You know what I'm saying? But hey, we'll mm -hmm. take it. And, and I think something I'm very good at, or at least I try to be good at, is whatever I, I have or whatever I get, I try to make it as big as possible, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's right. what you got to do because if you're not going to make it a big deal, who else is going to? Exactly. Maybe hey, so, you know? hey, Matt, so – I got to go back to like the first time you got on, like the first time you showed up on my map, like, uh, yeah. like, Hey, okay. What's going on with this guy? You're like, you're just, you're working for, you're working for WWE and they're not doing shit with you. <laughs> and you just decide, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and like the, 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 the vision the visual that I can't get out of my head at the moment. Is you like climbing over a fence and going, yes. I'm getting over yes, like yes, yes. just shit like that. It was so <laughs> brilliant, man. Yeah. So that was a, a YouTube show. I started like a decade ago called Z Long Island story, Z yeah. Long Island story. And uh, it's funny. Cause now I have a podcast called MC true Long Island story where we're like going back a decade later and going episode by episode and, and what was going on in my head and what was going on yeah. backstage. But at that time, like I, I've said this before, I was trying to create buzz and either yeah. get, either get noticed or get fired. I didn't want to get fired, but I knew if I got fired for what I was doing, I would have buzz to go elsewhere because yeah. I, I, was, I was just sick of sitting in the back and, and you know, no, not everyone can be the chosen one, right? No, not everyone can be undefeated and win all the belts. I get it. Yeah. Right. But I was going to create my own opportunity because no one was going to do it. And that's fine. I'm not complaining about it, but I was going to make a name for myself. And it, you know, it reminds me, you know, uh, later on, Becky Lynch kind of did something similar, right? Like, sure, I mean, yeah. maybe not quite exactly, you know, comparable, but you know, just said, Hey, like, Hey, what about me? Shit. Right. You know, and I, I think, you know, we all dream of, of being like the, the top guy in this business. And yes, that's not going to happen for everybody, yeah. but why not try? Right. Exactly. Like I, I hate like the whole, you only live once like motto, but it's true. Right. Like I never yeah. want to like live with regret. I never want to look back. Ah, I wish I would have tried this or tried that. Like, no, I'm going balls to the right. wall. And Hey, listen, I might fail. I might not succeed, but I'm going to try. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You got to. Nick, you want to hop in? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, well, I think one of the things that uh, is great about you, Matt, and what you're doing right now is obviously the Nick Gage stuff. I, sure. I, I, I jumped to that. Like, Sean Sean came to me and was like, dude, this is crazy. What is happening? And like, <laughs> we, all, we all just saw the Nick Gage dark side of the ring, you know, special on TV and everything. We we got to know his story. And 
you know, we've all we've we've all come up on on your story, obviously as well. You know, for the for the past decade or so. Um, why now? Why why Nick Gage? Why do you want to go after this guy? What what's <laughs> happening right now and kind of in your world? So it all kind of happened so suddenly. Like I don't know if he tweeted me or a fan asked me to wrestle him, and I wrote like some smart ass comment back. But all of a sudden, he just started like going off and like. And I, I couldn't tell like if he was joking, if he was serious, but he seemed pretty serious. And then uh, the promotion GCW, they 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 were promoting that I was going to be there at the show, and I'm clearly not there. I have a booking somewhere else. <laughs> so he like gets on the mic and he's like, "Yeah, Carter's a pussy," and they get everyone chanting like, "I'm a pussy." You were and, a warrior wrestling man. I have I have. I, I was in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. you the fucking children's championship. Yeah for warrior wrestling i knew where you were at i was there okay yeah so you know what like listen deathmatch wrestling it's not my cup of tea it's not my style i I respect it and i had to shut this guy up that's played it simple you know i had to uh i like i said i'm always trying to create buzz and, and and I'm not, I'm never happy in my, in my spot. And that's not saying I'm not grateful for what I have, but I always want more. And I think there's nothing wrong with wanting more and setting goals. And, uh, you know, right now it's this great time for me. Uh, I hate using this term too free agent, but I am, I have no, no boss. I'm my own boss. You know, I've been doing impact wrestling, which I love, you yeah. know, but, but that's not every week, you know, so I got to pay the bills. I got to get my name out there. Uh, impact has been, impact has been so so much fun. It's like it's so refreshing to be there and like I'm actually involved and I actually have like matches that mean something. And then like I'm because sure. I'm like listen, I'm a big fan at heart. I'm a big kid at heart, right? So if yeah. I know I have this pay per view match, I can like get some really cool gear made, you know, like as opposed to. I'd get this this gear made in WWE and like nine times out of 10, it, it's in a forgettable match where I have no entrance and I'm losing in three minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's cool that I'm doing stuff that matters and impact. It's so much fun. And now I can go wrestle at Warrior Wrestling one day and then the next day show up at GCW and lay out Nick Cage. It's, it's awesome. Well, yeah. here, it, yeah, and it Sean, I, I know you want to jump in, but like, Matt, I want to just say that, you know, you're the internet champion, right? You, right. Got that, you got that, you got that title <laughs> over your shoulder. That's right. And, you know, you managed to be, I think, the first superstar of, you know, millennial area, whatever you want to call it, to really harness the power of YouTube and get it behind you. And people have, you know, the entire time you were signed, man, we're like, what would it be like if this guy could be the Internet champion, but, you know, with the chains cut off? Right. Right. What is Internet champion Matt Cardona look like? And I think that's what we're finally starting to get to see here. And what I think is wild is that you've gone after Nick Gage, who might actually kill you. He might. I, and listen, I'm not saying that I'm not afraid of Nick Cage or yeah. afraid of GCW and Deathmatch Wrestling because I am I am terrified 100%. Sure. I mean, hey, Matt, Matt, have you had, do you have any experience at all with death matches or any kind of hardcore uh, stuff in matches in your past? I mean, listen, I've been in like street fights and stuff like that. I did backyard wrestling, but like, yeah. I've never been in a real like death match. Uh, no, I've never gotten a, a glass, you know, a whole thing of glass, like, you know, right smack in the face. I've never gotten a light tube across my back. No, I haven't. No, uh, like but, how about blood? Just uh, just blood. How oh, many matches have you had where very, very little. And it was all like a hard way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So, um, I'm not afraid in the sense that, like, I'm not afraid to lose. I'm not right. afraid to get hurt because I want to take chances. Um, and, and this is a perfect opportunity. And listen, I knew this was going to create some buzz. It created a lot more buzz than I thought it would, which is great. 
which yeah. is great um, because you always got to reinvent yourself and, and keep keep your name out there, especially if you're not someone who everyone's going to get behind 24-7. You got to remind people yeah. why they should be behind you. And listen, I'm not saying I'm the hardest worker in professional wrestling, but find someone who works harder than me. Here, here's the That's thing. Matt, statement. Matt, 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 here's the thing. I just want to say that you're, what you're saying right now sounds a hell of a lot to me like what David Arquette said leading into his Nick Gage match, which was yeah. like, hey, I'm here to prove myself. I've never done this. And like legit, dude, he almost died, right? Like, yeah. but it's yeah. like throat got cut. You know, there's certain ways that light tubes need to be thrown. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is since I knew that this is probably not your foray, um, when you did the double arm DDT onto Gage, you were wearing the black robe, but there was glass. Okay, so it looks yeah. like a, it looks like a little cut now. But when I DDT'd him, I was the adrenaline was pumping, the, the crowd was hating me, and I was loving it. I was and listen, I'm not like gonna turn heel, but if these people don't like me, fuck you. You know, I still love my fans. I'm not turning my back on my fans. My fans have made me, and that's the reason I'm even getting interviewed right now. I love my fans. But those people, if they don't want to like me, then don't like me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not changing me. You know, I'm not changing myself. But, yeah, like you said, I was doing an offensive move, hit a double on DDT, and then, like, I, I'm getting to the back, and there's just blood, like, dripping all. I'm like, what is this? Where is this coming from? And, like, my it looks small now, but it was, like, wide open, just blood pouring out. And I was like, yeah. holy shit. And, and guess what? Newsflash. There's no, like, medical team and doctors backstage GCW. Right. You know what I'm saying? Someone had a bottle of peroxide. They poured it on me, and I used wrist tape and taped it really tight. <laughs> yeah, man. That, that's yeah. why I asked. That's why I bring it up, because you come from a different world, man. Yeah. And you know, you talk about all these other talents that are out there right now that everybody's talking about, like, oh, these fridge, like, does Braun Strowman want to go, you know, cut himself on glass? It takes a kind of certain kind of person right now to want to go out there and prove themselves like you're doing. Yeah, right. listen, I, I don't want to get cut on glass. I don't want to. But you know what? It, it, comes, to, it, it comes to the territory, right? Uh, so, so, Matt, how do you see this? Do you have an idea in your head of how, how a match with Nick Gage is even going to go? Bro, like, I, listen, I've seen the dark side of the ring, and, like, honestly, like, I had to look away at some of the scenes. So I'm like, mm. what the fuck is going to happen in this match? But I know we have a match booked, GCW Homecoming, and I'm hoping that a lot of my fans come too. So it's like a half and half. I would love that atmosphere, that electricity sure. of, like, people hating me, people loving me, and same with Nick. And I, I think we're really going to give the people something to see. And uh, it, it is kind of like a happy accident, right? Like, I, it's not like I'm like, I'm going to go after this Nick Gage guy. No, like someone yeah. tweeted and then we, get, we kept going back and forth and it's escalated. It was just so organic the way it right. fucking all played out, man. Right. And just, then like, it was a really cool thing to see. I know. I Like I told you, I texted you. Like, yeah. Like, I'm like, man, is this fucking like, like I was, I was wondering <laughs> right. what, was, what was really going on here. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the best part about it is I really don't even know what's going on here. And right. I know uh, a lot of people were expecting Moxley because he's he's been coming in. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, what if I do that little, like, Moxley thing? And, like, ah, will they buy it? And they did. They totally yeah. bought it. Uh, those marks, you know what I'm saying? They think they know everything. Um, and then it was just a cool, like, oh, man, I've been watching the video over and over from different angles because, like, I take the mask off. And there's some people – who are popping because they see me from behind. They think it's Moxley. But then mm -hmm. the people in front of me are booing. And then I turn around. Then they start booing. Then they're all saying, like, fuck Zack Ryder. I'm like, this is great. This is it great. Is. This is it wrestling really is. to me, you know? This is wrestling. 
Dude, it, it has a kind of Jerry Lawler ECW vibe. Yes, here, yes, right? absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I if mean, that... it's hard to get real heat, right? Like, I mean, that, that, it seems like it's real heat, right? Like, I, is I, it bro, real, I, real to you? I, I'm not even kidding. Like, I've never, full disclosure, I've never watched a GCW show. I've never been to a GCW show. So me walking down that aisle was the first time I've ever been or seen their arena. So then, yeah. like, I, I lay them out, and I'm like, holy shit, like, these fans are against the ring, like, flipping me off. They're pissed. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get out of here? Right. Like, are they going to, like... I was, I was like, oh, well, here we go. Like, if someone swings, I'm going to have to swing back, you know? Yeah. Dude. Um, so, so, Zack Ryder, GCW champion, what does that look like? Listen, like, I, I have no uh, intentions of going in there not to win the title. You know, I would love to be the face of GCW. Uh, finally, a face with some teeth. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah. I call them the GCW universe, and they hate that. I call it a championship, not a belt, and they hate that. Listen, I could be a little smartass. You know, yeah. if you don't like me, that's cool, but I, I'm not going to like you back. And I, and the best part about it is that my fans are supporting me. So, like, we, uh, the major wrestling podcast, we put on these live shows, and we just did one Friday night at uh, in Baltimore, Jimmy's Famous Seafood, and Nick Gage tried running in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried running in. So, yeah. like, so, like, and then, like, then I'm the baby face. The, the, everyone's chanting for me. So, it's a cool dynamic and a cool atmosphere. It's like, whose turf are you going to be on? And when I'm on his turf at homecoming, I, you know, I'm hoping my fans come. And I hope they're not afraid to come. Is that, is that, is that Atlantic City? Atlantic City, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's just going to be a fun atmosphere and uh, something I'm not used to. And, you know, I've been in this business for almost almost 20 years, so it's cool that I'm trying new things, you know, 18 years later. Are you – you, hey, has it ever occurred to you that, like, you know, if, if your fans come to support you, there could be issues between the different Bro, sections I, of fans in the stands? Yes. Like, I, it, I happened was, in, it happened in WCW one time with – NWO versus WCW fans. Yeah, and like, trust me, I don't want that to happen. I me want neither. Every, I want sure. everybody to have fun uh, and have a good time. But I'm thinking, hey, how great would it be if my favorite wrestler of all time, Macho Man Randy Savage, he won a world title in Atlantic City, and all those years later, I win the GCW title in Atlantic City. I mean, oh, yeah. you can't write that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wanted to get your take on a couple of GCW wrestlers right now, since you you brought yourself to that universe, if you don't mind. Um, what do you what do you think of uh, like Orange Cassidy and and what he has grown out of to GCW and, and to AEW? I mean, Orange Cassidy is somebody who like, of course, when you first see him and he's doing those little kicks, you're like, what is this? But then I think you just you need to like what wrestling is. Wrestling can be anything, right? There's so many flavors of ice cream, so many flavors of wrestling. There's no like right way and wrong way, that, and that's just my opinion. And, and if the if the people get behind you, if the people are invested in you, then you you you're doing something right. So Orange yeah. Cassidy's definitely made it. And then watch his matches. This guy can go. Like the Matt, the, the, the three-way with him and uh, – Yeah, incredible. Incre- oh, hell yeah, so good. And, and I was watching that at home and, like, you know, the, the false finishes, if you will. Like, I was really yeah. biting. I was like, holy shit, they're going to yeah. give the title to Orange Cassidy. You know, that's when wrestling's at its best, I think. And those, mm-hmm. those three guys, Kenny, Pac, and uh, Orange Cassidy, they, they tore the house down. Uh, hey, Matt. I'm sorry, hey, man. Man. So, hey man, since your release, uh, you just—I mean—you didn't even skip a beat, man. Like it was almost <laughs> like it was almost like you had shit lined up, just like yeah. you just like you knew it was coming or something. Like, 
I mean, I mean, cause really, man, you just hit the ground running, Matt. And this, yeah. it's a cool thing to see, man. Yeah. Now listen, like I, I said this before too, like my contract was going to be up in August and I hadn't resigned, but I didn't know if I, if I was going to resign, I didn't mm-hmm. say, no, I'm not resigning this contract. Of course I'm negotiating for more money. I'm trying to, yeah. I, I, yeah, I wanted to stay, but I wasn't sure. I didn't want to just be there to be there. Cause I'd been there to be there for so long. Um, so when the call came and all those releases were coming, I'm like, well, my thing was like, oh my God, they, they better not release me. It just had me rot till August. So at this point, I'm uh-huh. like, oh, please release me. Please release me. And when they did, um, this is going to sound so corny, but it's true. I have this painting uh, from Rob Schamberger. It's me hugging my dad at WrestleMania when he hopped in the ring. Yeah. So I, wow. Yeah. So I got a text from Mark Carano, who was in charge of TR at the time, saying, please call me. I'm like, okay, what does he call me about? You know, yeah. or what does he want me to call him about? So I just stood in front of that picture and smiled and got released over the phone. I'm like, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. And, and before that even happened, I set up my pro wrestling tea store, but I didn't make it live yet. And as soon as I got released, I'm like, live, let's go. Let's right. do it, you know? Right on. Because what are you going to do? You're going to feel bad about yourself? Feel, feel sorry for yourself? No. And like, not saying the handcuffs were on before, but they're certainly off now. And yeah. I, can, I, I can do anything. And, and I'm, I might not succeed, but at least... I have the opportunity to try, and all I've ever wanted was opportunity. Hey, so Matt, like when you were before your release, and at, while while you're you know sitting at home or whatever the hell is going on, like were you looking like from the like looking at what was going on outside WWE oh, and like oh shit, like imagining yourself in those different yes. situations and yes, because like AEW is incredible right but for so long how many times did you hear oh somebody is starting this new promotion up and it it never took off but when this like took off when when i saw um the first one the the all-in i was like they got something here you know the people are just they're hungry for an alternative they're hungry for something different and of course AEW is thriving because the fans want something different uh and it's so fun to see as a fan so i was anxious like okay now uh, I'm going to use a, a wrestling figure analogy. I felt like Christmas morning. I saw all these presents. There was yeah. all these new opponents for me to wrestle, guys I'd never touched. Uh, and the, now I, I could just be like, you know, I could just try anything. You know, I'm, exactly. a, very, I'm a very creative person. So then I, my, the wheels were spinning. And luckily, uh, Brian Myers and I, we started the major wrestling figure podcast uh, a year or so earlier. So we had that to fall back on uh, because, you know, we actually approached WWE about, well, I don't know what it was going to be called. Maybe the Zach and Kurt wrestling figure podcast. And they were like, no, there's no, we have no interest in podcasts. We have no interest in collectibles. It's funny. Cause now they, they well, they tried to have a podcast network. It failed. Yeah. And, then, and then they have the A and E show about collectibles, which is fine. But thank God that we never did the podcast with them because it would have been taken away instantly. Yeah. So since it was ours, we got to continue it. Um, and we're just so fortunate our fans were behind us because, like, the pandemic was wild, right? It was such a wild time, not just for wrestling, but for the world. And I didn't really feel comfortable going to, like, Bumblefuck sure. State and wrestling with COVID around. So I had the podcast to pay the bills. Hey, Matt, did the, did the price of, of um, all these items, like, all, all this old memorabilia, like, the old action figures, did it go up a lot during the pandemic? Bro, it seemed like it did, right? So when this happened, Brian and I were like, oh, no, our business is done. You know, no one is going to spend their hard earned money. (laughs) Everyone's out of jobs. No one's going to buy collectibles anymore. Our podcast is over. It blew up. The podcast blew up. The collectible industry blew up. 
And will it take a little, like, I don't, people are think that bubble's going to burst. I don't think it's going to burst. It might go down a little bit, but it's, it's on the up and up. It's bro. It was incredible. Your figure, your Hasbro figure through yeah. the roof, through the yeah, roof. Like, like I've seen some like 13, $1,400 yes. or something like that. Crazy. Like, yeah. Like I was telling yeah. you, like my mom sent me these crates full of shit. There was like a loose one in there. I think it goes for like. You know, five, six, seven, eight hundred. It it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like because yeah. people, you know, whether they were at home or bored and or just wanted to, to tap into that nostalgia. You know, they wanted some good memories, or like they couldn't yeah. go to restaurants, or they couldn't go to a movie, or so they were hey, spending that, their money on that stuff. The micro brawler I sent you that they Bro. discontinued before. Do you know I saw what somebody like their price? I, I saw like twelve hundred bucks. Sure. I saw somebody trying to sell one of those for. I'm sorry. I want to see it. I want to see it. Sean's only ever talked about it. Wow. Yeah. So I so got it back here. How many yeah. of these were there made, Sean? How many of these were there? Not like maybe a, maybe a hundred or something like Matt, that. Matt, do you know how many there? I don't know. I don't it's, know. A, it's something like a couple hundred. Uh, not that many. And I don't think yeah. they were even officially for sale ever. Right? No, no, yeah. they weren't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which so I have awesome. a few more. I have a few more <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet you get some, some big bucks for those. I, I actually, I'm not going to lie. Like a few people came to me that private, you know, people came yeah. to me through somebody through Jimbo, the guy. Yeah. The, and um, like they offered me 500 bucks. Uh, and so I sold them one for 500. Yeah, why not? Sure. You know, why but not? I just assume keep hold on to them. Like, I think so. so. So Matt has one, but Brian doesn't. So I like, I feel <laughs> like I got to. I, I kind of feel like, and I only, I don't have very many on my I feel like he feel might, like I, I, I feel like he might have bought one from somebody. Really? I, I think he did. Yeah. Cause we're no. both. In, I, I th- hey, I'll ask him if not, maybe he could slide into your DMS, but I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Because we're, we're both into the micro brawlers big time. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> he tracked one down. It was so funny, man. Cause when you, like when I read the story about how, uh, you were, you were waiting as a kid to get, to get my Hasbro and then uh, what was bro, it? you got Jimmy Hart. Uh, this is so, his heart. <laughs> so, I'll never forget Christmas, 1995. All I wanted was the Hasbro one, two, three kid. Like I saw him with my own eyes at this comic book store, uh, but you were short packed. So you were more money. So like it was smoking guns. I got them. It was crush Yokozuna, Adam bomb and Ludwig Borger. So I had them. All I was missing was one, two, three kid. And I thought for sure, this is what Santa Claus, whatever, was getting me for Christmas. So, you know, I'm opening the gifts, and like I, I feel something that, that that looks like the one to three kids, the, the right shape, the right weight. Yeah. Like, I'm oh, gonna say, no. I'm gonna save the best for last, right? So I'm open whatever. And listen, it was a great Christmas. My parents really took care of me. But here we go. The moment of truth. One to three kid. It's a fucking WCW Jimmy Hart. I'm like, come on, Jimmy Hart. Like, oh. I need the yes, I need this figure, but I need the one to three kid. <laughs> And uh, I didn't get it for years later. Like, I saved up all my money. It was like, uh, you know, back in the day with, like, Coinstar, you'd, like, bring all your coins and then you get, the, you know, or, like, um, like traded in, like, soda cans and my dad's beer cans. And I finally had enough money to, to buy one on eBay in, like, 1998. It's the first thing I ever bought. It was $45, which to me was, like, a million dollars. I was in, like, yeah. seventh or eighth grade. And I kept that figure, that exact figure, in the box for all these years. And then I got Sean to sign it at Wrestle, uh, WrestleCon this year. So yeah. I'm very like, that's like, it has a prime spot in my collection. Dude, that was cool, man. That's, that's I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you brought that. And I'm glad yeah. I could do that, dude. Cause I'm, it means a lot to me that like, that means that much to you. Yeah, It, it means the world for sure. And, and to have it, I'm not a big, like autograph guy, but that was something I needed autographed, you know, like how can I yeah. make this special um, and, and more unique? I'm like, well, I might as well, Get him to sign it, you know. Hey, do you have like any of those? Like, cause 
like the most expensive like wrestling figures I've ever seen are like those couple of of Japanese ones. Like there was like an old Hulk one and. Yes, I, I have those. Those are oh, like the, you have the, that too. Yeah, like the po- I have way too many wrestling figures. I'll say that. Uh, I'm not saying I have like the best collection in the world by any means. I I joke around and I say I'm the Michael Jordan of wrestling figure. So, uh, but I listen. Everyone who has a everyone who has a collection it doesn't matter if it's five things, five hundred, five thousand. If it means like you know what my collection means to me, if that if you if it means that way to you, then it's they're all great collections. You know. Can, yeah. can I? Are Are you into NFTs? Yet, Matt, or no? Uh, I I don't know enough about it. I've been doing research, but I, I do not have any yet. Okay, no NFTs yet. No NFTs yet. Uh, I, I I know about them. I'm trying to educate myself on them. I see the appeal, uh, but I, I'm waiting a little bit. I'm waiting a little had, bit. They had that Undertaker one that went for like ten grand or whatever. Uh, yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. I I don't know enough about it to even have an educated conversation about it. All right. right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anything either. That's why. I was- <laughs> I figured you might. You're a collector, so I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn. Hey, Matt, can we talk about your uh, your live shows? Like you did, uh, was that the first one you did in, no. uh, at Jimmy Seabird? Or no, it's actually the, the eighth one we've done. Holy shit! Yeah, so All every right. every couple of months we find a city, and uh, you know, listen. When I say we sell out, we 150 people. So, but it's jam packed, and then the atmosphere is is it's electric, and we treat it like almost like a wrestling show. Like, yeah, we're talking, and it's like two guys yeah. talking, but it's not like our normal podcast. Yes, like it's wild and we have skits and we have like surprise entrances and surprise like guests. So this time we had Maven as a surprise, like Maven's oh, music wow, was yeah. hits. Boom. Uh we had Shark Boy, Shark Boy Command, like big surprise. Uh we had Max Caster from AEW and he's rapping on everybody. Then we had Double J Jeff Jarrett at the end, like all surprises. So like we advertise coming out here. We we, we want it soon, yeah. We want it. Uh, we don't have anything booked, but yeah, we want it. LA would be a great spot to do it. We haven't yeah. been West Coast yet, so we're looking at LA for sure. Maybe do a Vegas, LA, like oh, it'd be something awesome. Else it, here. It's it's a lot of work. It's like booking a wrestling show, because uh, yeah. I like to go all in on every show, and then like I'll plan for the next one. So we have one coming up in August. Uh, you've been to Kowloon before in Massachusetts, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So man. we're do, we're doing it there, our ninth one. So now I gotta like start from scratch. I'm like, well, who are we gonna bring in for this? You know, and, like yeah. we can't bring in all these people because we got you know make some money because it's the yeah. it's it's a toy business, not the toy friendship. You know. Like this place called August Moon used to be our go-to like uh, place in Boston, and then it switched to Kowloon many, yeah. many years ago. Man, yeah. they've been great. They're kind of like them, Jimmy Cebu, like just yeah. big supporters of our industry, man. It's oh, really I cool. love it. I love. I I love going to Jimmy's. I love going to Kowloon. So it was cool to do the shows there because we get to let the fans in on what we love about these places, right. you know. Yeah. So and they and they like, appreciate the history too. And they like like myself. You're a big wrestling band still, right? Yes, sure. Yeah, so like it's I can only I can only speak for myself, but I mean, I really get a lot out of that live interaction. You sure. know, like being there the and Yeah, man. It's just it feels so good, man. And then when you see like like the way like the way you make somebody feel just by yes. just shaking their hand or yes. like signing some shit for them. Yeah. It's the best fucking thing in the world. It's the really. best. So it, it's been weird, you know, with the, the pandemic. So like I've been doing, you know, wrestling with no crowd, which is odd. Because yeah. that's the art. The art's feeding off the people. So when you're like taking these bumps and you're just like selling, you're like, oh, I need a little extra for the people. But it's so, yeah. and then you watch it on TV and they're piping in the crowd, which so it's not as awkward. But when you're in there, Oh man, it, it's rough. So I'm glad the people right. are coming back. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And can I bring up real fast? Uh, I was in I was in Toronto SummerSlam 2019. Uh, it wasn't your show. It was Dolph's 
show, I think. Yes, 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 uh, yes. But you, uh, you and Brian invaded, and Pat Patterson came up on stage yes. and uh, sang and closed it, and there were some unzipped zippers on stage. It was a very, <laughs> it was a very, oh. it was a very yeah. comedic, it was a very comedic, fun, light time, and it was just an amazing night. And uh, when I think of you know live shows with you, that's always something I think about still. Yeah, yeah. We we sang "My Way" with Pat Patterson, which you know doesn't get better than that. But like, that's the best part of these shows, whether it be Ziggler's comedy show or you know our our live shows. Like, we want to leave the people like not. We don't. I don't want them wanting more. I want to give them everything. I want to give them too much. You know what I'm saying? And and hopefully they'll come back to the next one. Uh, But that's that's like the atmosphere we want. Like, we want to just give them everything. I don't save anything for the next show. I want to I want to blow my load, if you will, on this show. You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent. Sure. Hey Matt, so like, look, looking forward, and like taking a look at the landscape of the industry right now. Like, uh, can you can you let us in on like what you're thinking you want to do? Like, you know, um, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, people, so people you want to work with. Yeah, so like right now, like Impact, they they have given me this opportunity, and and I love it. I love the relationship I have with Impact. I don't have a long term deal yet. It's just you know a handshake deal. But but Slammiversary is coming up in July. I would love to be a part of that. And there's going to be people there. So pay-per-view, people, it's going to – oh, man, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for that. Um, GCW, of course, I want to kick Nick Gage's yeah. ass. Uh, and, and now, like, these independents are opening back up. Like I said, during the pandemic, I didn't do any. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going out there wrestling somebody in front of 10 people, maybe getting COVID. I'm not doing it. I'm just not. But now I can do it. So I did like warrior wrestling last week. It was awesome. I'm starting to take some dates. So it, it's cool that, you know, I can wrestle when I want to wrestle. I'm very fortunate that the podcast is taking off. So like we're, we're, I do podcasts up every single day, whether it be, you know, literally we pack up our own merchandise. We're doing all that stuff. Uh, yeah. we're, 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 you got to do it yourself, right? Um, if you want something to get done correctly, you got to do it yourself. But this is for me, it's like the best time I've had in my career that, the, the, the most fun I've had in my career. And I just, I can't, I don't want to look so far ahead. I just kind of want to live in the moment yeah. and see what happens, you know? That's a good, that's a good, good policy to have, man. You, you had a great match with Adonis at Warrior Wrestling. Like, I really enjoyed you guys. Thank and, you. Yeah, it, it, it definitely was a match that stood out on the card because it was a match that, like, slowed down a bit and, and told more of a story, you know, with you and Sam. Yeah, uh, and, and he's a super talented dude. And what's, you know, it's a good and bad thing about the, the indies for me is that, most of these guys, it's gonna be my first time working them. And Sean, you know, you got to wrestle a guy a couple times to get that chemistry down to click. You know, yep. so like I, w- I told Sam after the match, like I want to wrestle you again. I, I want to. If we had a great match first time, I want to just keep doing it because you know, old school loop. You wrestle that first night, that Friday show. All right, Saturday show's better. Sunday show's even better. You know, and then you get to TV. Like that's how you get better is by working these guys over. That's how you build that chemistry. Well, that's why I brought this up because Sam's gonna be down in AAA twice a month now, right? Yeah. And it's like on the posters and things. Um, do you have any interest in going down to Mexico? I mean, that's something. Oh, sure. baby, bring me, baby, book me, baby. Yeah. That, by the way, that that's Heath Slater's uh, email address. I think it's like mm. bookmebaby at gmail dot com. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'd be I'd be so interested in going to Mexico, going to Japan. Going wherever, I just I just want to work. I just want to wrestle and and just have fun and 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 make some money. You know yeah. why not? This living and, the and dream. How long? Right now. How much longer you feel like you're gonna want to do this? 
Do you have you know what? Like, like, thoughts like that in mind? Or are you just it's, saying, oh, it's, it's so it's so weird? Like, so I started when I was eighteen. I got signed to WWE when I was twenty years old. You know, so I, my whole adult life I was in WWE. Now I just turned thirty six. But like, I don't feel like I've missed a beat. I feel like I keep getting better and better. My listen, my body's a little banged up, but. Yeah. It's the wrestling business. It's going to happen, you know? So yeah. I've been fortunate. No real major injuries. I blew up my knee one time. I won major surgery from wrestling. And I'm just ready to keep going. I, I say always ready, and I am. I feel like I'm just ready for any opportunity, whatever it is. And, you know, I use that always ready uh, catchphrase. But it's it's real. Like, for instance, with Impact, um, you know, they had a pay-per-view. I believe it was, like, January or maybe it was February. Uh, my my timetable's all messed up. But I wasn't booked to be on it. And it was a Saturday pay-per-view. And someone yeah. texted me the Friday, the day before, like, hey, can you be ready for the pay-per-view? Well, I'm in shape. My body yeah. hairs, I, I'm all shaved up. I'm ready to go. And I just, I'm like, well, shit, I better be able to back it up now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, I was uh, just going to say that, man, because you always, like, are in, are in really good shape. Like, you, you, you keep yourself looking, like, the same. Yes. You know, year-round. And, and, and this is something that, you know, when, when the YouTube show that I did years ago, when it kind of got flushed on the toilet, I will be the first to admit, like, I had a bitter period where I was angry. And I'm sure you can find some negative tweets that are so popular. Everyone does the negative tweets. The cool thing to yeah. do to do a negative, uh, passive-aggressive tweet. I think I started that, too. Uh, <laughs> but, but then I realized, like, hey, like, how am I going to get out of this spot, right? I really realized, like, only worry about the things you can control. And in this business, <laughs> it's going to sound crazy, but I think it's true. Sean, back me up on this or, or not. You can control very few things. You can control your physique because no one's going to say, you can't work out. You can't right. look good. You can control your gear. So I always made sure I had brand new gear. I always treated it like it was a pay-per-view, even if I was getting squashed on Raw, because no one's going to say, you can't have good gear. Oh, your gear is too nice. No one's going to say that. And the, and the third thing and the most important thing is your attitude. You can control your yeah. attitude. Nobody can tell you, that you can't be happy. So, and once I, once I realized that and I changed my mindset, it just changed everything. And like, you know, I went into work and no matter what I was doing, whether I had like this two segment match or if I wasn't booked or if I had some like squash match, I, I just treated it like it was WrestleMania and did the best. And then like, you know, I got, I, I you know, I, I caught some breaks along the way. I won the intercontinental title at WrestleMania. I won the tag team titles at WrestleMania. So I do have these cool moments where like, yeah. if I wasn't ready when those, cause those opportunities came out of nowhere. And luckily, I was ready to back it up. Yeah, and there's other people um, that were underutilized in the same, like in the same manner as, as you. But the like the difference, I think you're just talking about is like the attitude, right? Like, sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. Because listen, like if you're if you're complaining and being negative and being bitter, listen, it's not going to change your spot, and it's not going to make you any happier. So like, why even do it? And that's when I when I realized that when I looked myself in the mirror and told myself that, like. My whole perspective and life, the business, everything changed. Yeah. Hey, man, how's your dad? Oh, he he's shot. He's shot. He's he's great. He's great. He just yeah. built, he's retired now, so he just built a home gym. He's always sending me these like these selfies of him in the gym mirror. I'm like, Dad, don't send me this. Nick, Nick, <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen have you, have you ever seen Matt's dad? Yeah, he's pretty huge. He's fucking right? jacked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm yeah. familiar. Yeah. So like that WrestleMania when I won the Intercontinental Title. Uh, so. They, they'll bring down the friends and family to watch the person's match, right? So he's sitting front row. I win the title. Of course, I'm not telling him that. I don't tell him that because he'll tell everybody if I'm going to tell if I oh, tell him wow. that. So I win it. And then like Ziggler, like waved him over, like, come on over. But that's like, okay, just hops the guardrail, slides to the ring. Like that was not part of the show, not planned. Uh, and I'm looking like, what are you doing in here? Like, what are you doing? And I, I, I climbed down the ladder 
and it was in Dallas, so there was like a WrestleMania cowboy hat, and then he tries to put it on my head. I'm like, get this fucking thing off me. Like, this is right. my one moment. I'm not going to have a fucking cowboy hat on my head. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so at, at some point, I would think somebody had to be like, that's Zach's dad. Yes, yes, yes. Because I, I, I've heard that Vince was like, what the fuck is going on? You know, and then uh, it's like, oh, it's his dad. It's his dad. It's his dad. So oh. it was all cool. It was all cool. It, all it, good. So Vince was like, let his dad get in the room. Oh, well, I think he was already in. <laughs> I think it was so quick. <laughs> was like, so Vince was like, don't arrest him. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think they, everyone quickly realized who it was. It was all good. Wow, that's amazing. Hey, hey Matt, so when, when you guys uh, bring your show out here, I'll have to show up um, as a surprise guest or something. Yeah, like uh, a surprise guest. Yeah, for sure, yeah. 100%. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be so cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, hey, Nick, hey, man. We talked about a lot of shit. Is there anything that I you think well, I missed or you, you I mean, didn't bring if, up that we should? If I'm if I'm asking the questions from the perspective of like the, the wrestling community, like obviously we're, we're very happy you're doing well in impact wrestling yeah. and everything, but yeah. why why such a short stint in AEW? Why was it in and out? Why 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 so, why wasn't it the longer term thing? I had a, a little agreement with them to do a couple shows and they just they never offered me anything long term. So I'm not gonna sit there and beg. You know, exactly. it is what it is. I, I had a great, great time there. It was awesome. It was an awesome experience. Uh, everyone was so welcoming to me. I listen. It was great. And AEW is the place to be. Uh, you know, like it's it's look at it. It's 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 thriving right now. It's so it has all these different shows, has different YouTube shows, two TV shows. It's awesome. Uh, but at the end of the day, I wasn't offered anything, and I wasn't gonna sit around and and wait to be offered something. Right. So I mean, that's that's the truth. You know. And as as a follow up to that, um, while I have you. Um, there were these reports that came out recently about guys like Braun and, and Alice or Tommy and whatever you want to call them out WWE, maybe severing the contracts to come back to the renegotiating table to bring people back under different deals. I had heard when you were initially released that you were somebody that may wind up back in the fold there at WWE. Do you still see that as a possibility for you or no? I mean, well, th listen, they certainly never offered me anything. Um, and, and never say never, right? Like, I, I, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm not going to go to WWE. I hate WWE. WWE is great. It, it, it was the yeah. only thing I ever loved as a kid. And I'm not just saying the only wrestling company I loved. The only thing I loved was wrestling, was WWE. Uh, and I spent, you know, my whole adult life there. I'm so fortunate for everything. But right now, my goal is not how can I get back to WWE. That's not my goal right now. I, I don't even think about it. Will I ever go back? Never say never. Sure. Maybe. Whatever. But that's not my, I'm not like thinking, well, what can I do to get noticed? So they'll bring me back. No, I don't care. I'm having so much fun outside WWE. And just um, build your own thing, man. Yeah. Just do your own shit. Yeah. And it's it's so, so what, smart, man. What, the more what, people do that, the better. I think so. And and that's what I've, you know, I, I tweeted this out to everybody who got released a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, even when my fiance Chelsea got released, I was like, <laughs> I, I was getting a, a haircut and uh, all the releases were happening. I was like, Ugh, like I, I was texting pro wrestling. He's like, all right, put her store back up now. I'm like, we need yeah. to do this now. Like she knows what she's doing, but like, I, I think people just need to hustle. Like you need to go out there and take advantage of this and be your own boss and, and, and take risk and bet on yourself. So like anybody who got released, they're super talented and they, they can make an name for themselves and they don't have to be done with this business if they don't want to be. And they don't let the business, you know, like beat them down. So yeah, like for me, here's the problem. Like, there's guys like like you, Matt, that not only like the in-ring stuff and you take care of, you know, your body and the whole, yeah. all that, the presentation, but you produce your own shit. 
yeah. You do like I mean, you do everything. Right. You know, and a, and there's there are a lot of guys that don't, man. They have right. the talent, but like you almost have to do all you almost have to be like somewhat, you know, you do listen, uh, I, I adapt that all of that, man. And you have to teach yourself or or find someone who could do it for you or, exactly. or partner up with someone who can do it for you. So, like, you know, Brian and I, we wanted to do the major recipe for a podcast. I don't know how to edit a podcast. So we got Mark Sterling to, to do the podcast with us. And, and he was our producer and he was our third guy. He still is. And then, you know, he he's somebody who, who kept doing it. He did it for free at first. And now we, we're paying him like, where he was able to, you know, feed his family. But now... He's an AEW. He's making more money than I am. <laughs> he, he's Jay's lawyer on AEW. But like, you, you always gotta, you know, if you can't do something, don't be afraid to ask somebody for help. You know, exactly. and, and you also gotta do the work for yourself. Like I said, like I ship out all our own merchandise. I build the the, the, the boxes. Uh, you, you know, I think oh, building a box is not hard. Try building like two hundred fifty for because you have to ship out 250 things in a day and then you yeah. put the thing in the bubble wrap then you put it in then you tape 250 boxes then you print out the labels then you stick it on then you bring it to the post office you gotta you gotta grind you gotta hustle and i love i it. dare you to hire one fucking employee to help with that shit well, we actually just one. did we just okay. did. connect if you're listening connect thank you very much because i <laughs> i was shipping out some trading cards last week and i said enough is enough yeah i said connect you're on board but you're on board <laughs> yeah that's the goal Don. right to build a business to make pro yeah. wrestling for life a business. Yeah. That's the goal. Yes. And I, I think anybody can do it, you know? Yes. Like you just you, you just gotta just take no like you can't take like you if someone says no, then then find your own yes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's what yeah. you gotta do. Yeah. If someone says no, find your own yes. That's it. That's I mean that's that's it, baby. Yeah, we call that an improv. We call that yes and right. We're like even <laughs> Like, yeah, and you know what? Maybe we do this other thing, right? So you at least build on the idea. So, right. Anyway. Hey, well, Matt, hey, man, I'm I'm really grateful uh, you gave us some of your time today, man. No, absolutely. I'm glad, I'm glad it worked out. Um, you know, I know we had we played a little phone tag trying yeah. to get this all set up, but I'm glad it worked out because, of course, I want to be on the show 100%. I love you, Sean, so thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Love you, too, my friend. Yeah, I look thanks, forward buddy. to seeing you soon, man. Hell yeah, baby. Hey, dude, we want to give everyone, like, before, wait, 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 one second. I just want to say real quick. <laughs> after everything we've just said, after the, the, the journey we've just been on, is I can get my two cents in here. Sure. And I think the stuff you're doing with Gage could not be more on the money. And you're on the money with pretty much everything you do these days. But I'm personally very engaged with what you're doing right now in GCW. And I think it's going to be great. And I'm really personally looking forward to to the journey we're about to go on with you, with you. Thanks. I, I, I'm very excited. And listen, like I, I'm not saying how long this stint is going to be, but we're definitely going to have that match at homecoming. Uh, hopefully I don't die. Right. But I think the fans, <laughs> I, I think the fans are going to love it. Whether you hate me or you love me, you're going to have a great time. So uh, it's super cool. And with impact also, it's like, I, I have all these like different worlds. I have my impact life. I have the, the major wrestling podcast life of my indie wrestling life. Then my life at home with Chelsea and the dogs and the cats. Like it's, it's a lot of work, but it doesn't feel like work. Cause it's so much fun. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Joining us right now is Effie. What's up, Effie? Hey, thanks for having me on the show. This is awesome. I'm glad we're chatting. I saw you were talking to Pollo Del Mar the other day. Yeah. And she was talking about me. So now we're here. Yeah, man. It's good to have you, man. Hey, um, uh, for for those that might not know, Effie is part of the LGBT plus community. And um, 
Uh, so how are like, okay, let's just get into it, man. Get into it, man. How, get like, into it. How is, is, is like, is talk about the pro, like the, the LGBTQ, like, niche in pro wrestling right now it was that is yeah. safe, safe to call it a niche it is it is i think it's safe to call it a niche but i think it's also it's born of sort of a frustration so even okay. as we look around as members of our community which is like when you say lgbt plus it's like it includes so many people and so exactly. many different people that as a niche yeah we're all sort of on the outside but there's a lot of people that fall into our categories and i think where we are at now uh, as an independent wrestler, someone who is out just working for whoever is willing to pay, right. we sort of are, are frustrated by, you know, the representation is starting to be there, but the people behind the scenes aren't necessarily letting those people take the risks or letting those people be public. So right. on the outside, we're kind of saying, hey, let's get a little more aggressive. Let's get a little more wild and in their face and see what we are capable of when we're pushing our own stories and pushing our own yeah. visions of what we think wrestling looks like. So when did that, when did, when did this start becoming a thing? When like, you know, yourself and, and, you know, the others in, in wrestling that are part of the, your community, like when, when would you say like uh, this push for this uh, started? I think as I sort of started traveling around and realizing that there were these small pockets of talents, uh, you know, throughout all different parts of the countries, mm -hmm. we would start seeing each other more often on, you know, these, specific pride shows or shows where people were at least trying to do this. And as we kind of looked around at each other, we're going, Hey, if it's not a person in charge that is from our community, these shows aren't really happening or these shows are, you know, being put on for the wrong reasons. And as we've sort of banded together, there really is a tight knit group of people from our community that aren't just performers, but right. are willing to put in the work to make new shows happen. And as I like to put it, bake more pies, because as we've been able to create more opportunities, fans who weren't always comfortable coming to shows or being around pro wrestling because of the nature of what was going on, right. they're showing themselves and we're sort of reaching an audience that's never even touched wrestling before and it's wild to see when we take it by our own hands what's possible now with the internet and how easy it is to get in front of people's faces right on like so but there's so many man it's such you guys have i don't mean you guys I... yeah yeah no it's fine Listen, <laughs> i i'm a true believer of that us having a, a candid conversation and yeah. us speaking candidly, that's the best way for education. And like the first second, I'm like, hey, Sean, how dare you say I'm gay? You know, I'm pansexual. <laughs> it's like, that's where the wall breaks down. Right. When we're just talking, it's like, let's figure it out. So don't, I'm here to answer anything. I'm here to make it easy, man. But it's just such a what? Like there's so much going on because you guys got like, like Sunny Kiss on one uh, end and like Pero on the other end, just beating the fuck up people. I mean- you know, the way like different people present themselves, yeah. you know, and like some people, like they just happen to be gay, like Fred Rosser. Absolutely. It's not like Who, it's I mean, just his... signed with New Japan. So right. yeah, it's, yeah. there is that side of people going, well, why do you have to draw so much attention to that part of yourself? You know, there are plenty of wrestlers who aren't making their Catholicism, their whole belief or making their, yeah. their, you know, their race, their whole belief. And what I'm believing in right now is like, we're still at a point where we need to let these people know that they can be comfortable themselves and, and that wow. there is representation of, yeah, you may be a gay person, but you, you don't have to be an effie gay person. You might be a paro gay person exactly. and all of those things are valid. So for us, putting that outward brand on, hey, you're safe here and we are these people and we fit this category and then getting to the actual product where we like to push is saying, 
you may categorize us as this, you may be here because we are this, but at the core, we're still pro wrestlers and we are still telling pro wrestling stories and we are still trained professionals. And I think that's where people go, you know what, they may bring this part into it, but it's opening a world where people are actually seeing pro wrestling that they may not have ever taken the chance on. Yeah. You know, so it make, all this is making me just think about like how it used to be. Like when I was a kid, like they might have a character, you know, like like an Adrian Street, for instance, right, right, and who's not who wasn't even really gay, but like no, was but was an up. excellent worker and oh, knew, great, yeah, knew that heat angle, and not to cut you off, but I've kind of like I That's thought okay. about this because the the national perception during those times was more skewed to homophobia and transphobia and people not being as educated even on things like uh, racial issues and having characters that were more right. here's the black savage and here's these here's these black people doing you know more hokey menstrual things it sold tickets at those times and promoters were trying to sell tickets. What we're looking at now is there seems to be a shift. And while there are a lot of people in our country that don't necessarily want to see LGBTQ people pushed in their face or succeed in front of them or be themselves in that way, there are a ton of people who want to sell tickets. So at the core of wrestling being a capitalist endeavor, we are shifting with the American audience faster than most of these big corporate companies are able to. And I think they sometimes get a little uncomfortable with, hey, we can have the representation, but if we go too far, we don't want that scandal involved with us accidentally doing something we shouldn't. They don't always take the talent's thoughts into accordance. They're sort of, hey, we've done this a long time. We've been a part of this industry a long uh -huh. time. We're not going to take that risk. You're here already. Let's not push it too far. Kind of. What, a, kind what of would a be a, what would be a, what would be an example of go, of pushing it too far? Like, um, I mean, listen, I'm I'm a person who is an R-rated R-rated creator, uh, and you know when when Perro cut a promo, you know, thank God we had Mick Foley able to cut a promo to open the show and really got a little political and get into it. But yeah. from Perro's point of view, he wanted to make sure we're pushing an LGBTQ storyline that is aggressive, and his last line was, you know he's talking about, I'm not these straight guys that want your clout or want your overness or want to match just to get over. I, I'm a homosexual. I'm a homo man and I'm going to murder you. And uh -huh. that's an aggressive way of saying, hey, you got into my business and you're saying a lot of things that are disrespectful to me as a man. And I don't care what you think about me. I am a gay man, but I have the capability to do this. Yeah. I, I got to tell you this though. I think back, I cut a promo right before the original Effie's Big Gay Brunch was supposed to happen, which is a Tampa show. It was alongside WrestleMania last year before COVID. And I cut a promo that said, hey, I want everyone to come to my show. I want you to have fun. But if you do anything homophobic or transphobic or you're there just to mess with people, I'm going to take you out in the streets and bleed you out. And right on. because of that, we got three domestic terrorist threats to the venue. Obviously, the show didn't happen. I can speak on this now because it's already passed. But I had a detective come to me and say, look, we're not concerned about your statement. Your statement is technically in character. I said, even though I meant every word, he said, you're promoting it as Effie in character. But when people come to us and say, we're going to shoot Effie in the ring, these are real things. We're going to bomb yeah. people there. We're going to kill as many people as we can. I've now got to work at a level with, with security and at a different place just to make sure our show can happen because I got over the line and I made someone mad enough to say, well, if you're not going to let us come be homophobic or you're going to threaten us if we're homophobic, we're going to kill you if you have your performance. Was, and, uh, sorry, was, so would, would you have done it? Would you, do you regret pushing it that far with what you said? No, absolutely not. And okay. I sort of said again, if you come to me, I, I had a situation the other day, 2021. I'm not used to it. I'm on a lot of gay shows. Yeah. A guy used the F-bomb, called it to me in the ring, said, look at this F-bomb. Somebody and, you were working with? 
No, somebody who had paid to be in the front oh, okay. row of the show. And I took I took whatever was going on and looked at the man in the eyes and I said, I hope you brought a gun because I'm going to kill you if I get my hands on you. And as I calmed down and won the match, I had a real scream at him after the match and really explained and said, you don't know what you're messing with. You don't know what consequences you're going to face because these people don't always feel consequence from this. They think they're punching down. They think they're punching at a lesser being right. by using these terms. When that consequence hits them, it messes them up. But I caught myself enough. I said, I made a scene. I did not enact violence. And we ended up having a teaching moment. But am I responsible for having a teaching moment with everyone who attacks me with hate? I sort of set up the line of, hey, I love the 70s and 80s and Mid-South and Jim Crockett and these old school dirty arenas. If you want to come at me, I'm going to come show you that it's real. And I need people to understand that. Like, we've passed that point. If that's coming at me, we're going for it. So we have to kind of have that steadfastness. Right on. There's, I, and I think a lot of straight men have this, well, I don't think, I know, uh, this idea in their head that, like, if you're a gay man, that you can't take care of yourself, that you can't throw, you know? I'll even go further than that. Are You're in Vegas, Sean, or you've lived in, in LA. Vegas? You're in L.A. Okay, yeah. you've been in Vegas, though, before. Oh, yeah. So you're familiar with maybe the Fremont Street area. There was a show that went on in Vegas recently, an independent show, and one of my good friends is a professional wrestler named Dark Sheik. And Dark Sheik is a trans uh, woman oh, yeah. from Iran. She started Hood Slam with the Stoner Brothers. It's done a lot for wrestling. Yeah. Someone came up and was attempting to be homophobic, was attempting to be transphobic. And without even really putting in words, there was a shoot STO to the ground. There was a stomp to the fella, a picture of who was being transphobic, and a have a nice day because she is at the point where she goes, I'm a professional athlete and a professional fighter. If you want to come at me with that kind of base level idiotic, you know you're better than that BS, it's straight to hands. And I think it's there's something really magical about that where we've sanitized a lot of what wrestling superstars look like. And to know that like if you're going to come with hatefulness to these people, they are ready to show you that old school mm -hmm. mentality of we're protecting our business too, baby. Yeah. Right you know, some... Nick, I know it sounds like you want to hop in, but no, I, just, no, I, I got just, a thought I'm real quick. I'm taking I've talked to Effie a bunch. Please take your time. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Man, now, now the. the it's yeah, okay. It's I mean, if it comes back in, cut me I, off. I, well, I, I'll talk. Yeah. I'll jump in while Sean kind of gets his thoughts about him. You know, kind of breaking that stigma that you guys are talking about. Dude, you're doing some crazy shit right now, Effie. Like, I saw the G Raver spot where he's like rubbing like salt and vinegar chips into your back while you're like falling through glass. I mean, you know. What? Why you don't need to be doing this stuff? I know you're I very think, in the ring. Why? Why are yeah. you out right now? Yeah. So I want to kind of just key back a little because I think these two things go hand in hand. Which is, as I think about the answer I just gave you, Sean, I yeah. I go well. People are going to think I'm coming across as aggressive, but if you interact with me at a show or you see me at a show, and I think Nick has been there to sort of see it, I. I want to protect these people who feel comfortable comfortable enough finally coming to wrestling. And there are so many people who come and go, you know, this means a lot that we're allowed to be here. This means a lot that this is happening. And so I feel like I've got to stand on the outside of that and put up those guardrails. And I also feel in the same sense as, hey, a lot of people are looking at Effie. A lot of people are looking at him as a community leader. I want to be a utility person who can operate on all levels. A promoter said to me the other day, hey, you're a lot easier to find a match for than so-and-so. And so as you say, look, Hey, Effie, you don't need to be doing the death matches all the time. You don't need to be doing this. You're entirely correct. But when I do go to these levels and do these things, and if I am going into that world, whether it be death match or technical wrestling or whatever the call is, 
I want to do it at the highest level possible. And I don't mm. want people to finish up and go, well, yeah, he did a death match or he was a part of the tournament, but it was, it was just the little Effie version or he was just the gay boy, you know, that was a token right. there. I want guys to walk back. And I had a conversation with sick Nick Mondo who retired 20 years ago is still looked at as the highest level of death match. And he said, you really added something special just with your creativity, not because you're a gay guy, not because of this, but just because you were operating on a creative level. And it's like, I want to always come with that because I feel like we owe it back to the people who are really sticking with us in crazy times in wrestling and really taking a risk, even existing and coming to me. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, I feel like a mother hen sometimes, but it's, you got to do it. Hey, so something that real, like I've been thinking of just now when you're, when you know, you're talking about like the interaction with the Pete, with the fans and, you know, the, the, Dropping F bombs and yeah, yeah, you know, shit like that. Have you ever had a an incident where like something like that happened, but the promoter was kind of like on the side of of the fan that was was saying the shit, like you know, like hey, you get thicker skin. There's fucking wrestling business, like you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think I think you know, I'll admit here that I've sort of. I came into wrestling as I came out, you know, I, I was sort of working through my own self as I was mm -hmm. starting wrestling in the South where I'm wrestling mostly in Alabama and South Georgia, South Carolina, North Florida, these areas that are full of this kind of thing. And oh, yeah. so there are things I am doing to garner these reactions and promoters are knowing this. And, you know, there's moments where they're going like, you really got to get them riled up tonight. And I take pride in doing my job well, but you do hit a certain point where you go, is there is there a better way for me to keep this same aggression, this same feeling, this same uh, sort of fuck you attitude versus falling into a stereotypical role and yes. and not meeting those promoters demands anymore and going, I have trusted myself as a performer. I know if you want me to get heat tonight, I can do that, but I'm going to do it in my way versus put on a wig or put on some extra jewelry and really give it to them. So they do get those reactions. You have to have that conversation, that trusting yourself and either they come with you or you stop working for them. And for the right. most part, I, I've moved on to other things and oh, taken my skills in a better direction. Yeah. Cause even when you were telling that story about that guy who dropped the F bomb uh, recently against you, like, was there a reaction from the promoter? Like, did they talk to that fan? Cause I seen more often than not now, I mean, it's become like a hip thing to do to be the promoter who stands up for the talent. You know, I see that more and more, you know, these days. Yeah. And even people where you wouldn't expect it sometimes, but I think there's also, there's still that fear line and sort of that like, do you want to goad confrontation? And I am always okay with goading confrontation when it deals with stuff like this. So a lot of the times I'm in front of it and handling it before the promoter, but I mean, they were checking in, they were checking on that. They were having that conversation, you know, but I also, I do believe people can change and grow. And I'm not saying, Hey, let's let him back every time if he's going to do this. But if this is the first time he's ever been confronted on this, and this is something that he's been around his whole life, and you know maybe his dad said the same thing to him since he was five, mm -hmm. there, do we just give up on people, or do we say, look, you've seen the consequence, you know why now, is there a second chance for these things? Not in a sense where it was going to be impactful or dangerous to performers or to the people that are at the place, but there is a level of tolerance that we're going to have to have too of as we expand and grow, people aren't going to be a hundred percent with us. Let's get as yeah. much of a percent as we can and let them see the rest on their own. Kind of. Yeah, man. No, I I'm, I'm, I'm from the, the opinion of not giving up on people and never because I might just tell you about me personally. I was pretty homophobic, man. 
uh, girl, I was molested as a kid. Uh, I'm not just by by a man, but by uh, yeah, absolutely. females as well. But you know, it put this thought in my head, and just all the homophobic talk and shit growing up down in, in fucking Tampa, and just it was what you grew up with, and and I it took me moving to Minneapolis and just being around gay people, man, like fucking good human beings. And, and so like, you know, uh, there's hope for people, you know, like not everyone is just, uh, you know, hopelessly fucking trans and, yeah. and homophobic for the rest of their lives. Right. Right. And, but you know, it's, it's taking that chance to say, Hey, when I hear people that, that say, Hey, you know what? I, I live as a transgender person uh -huh. in America. I can't explain myself every day. We've got we've got a little bit of a responsibility for our brothers and sisters that are in our community to get in front of these things and say, hey, we'll have those conversations, too. And we'll make sure by the time you're having those conversations that we've at least covered yeah. some of the ground. And some people aren't, you know, they're resistant to it and they're pushed against it. And there's a lot of things in our country that are going to push you in a different direction. But yeah. it's it's great to see that more and more people are finding their comfort level to be themselves and that more and more people are not even that there's a an apathetic attitude to it, but more and more people are willing to listen and willing to say, maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was different and open themselves to it. I even think about there's a perception of gay wrestling, right? Of we're a little too hoity-toity or we're a little too this. And I advertise my shows specifically to be very rainbow and fun and big. Mm. But when you watch the actual wrestling, there's a humanity and a brutality to what we're trying to do. And I think when these people from these communities can see that we are able to take our struggles and put them on an entertainment level and tell these stories in a new way. It's they, they click with it on a new level and other people can see that same thing. It's translated to them of, Hey, I may be a straight guy who grew up, you know, in a world where this never came to me, but I see the human struggle here. We're trying to present it beyond that stereotype. Once you're watching the core of our product too. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm just really happy you exist. Like the way you talk, like your empathy. I mean, it's exact right tone. You know, I guess that's maybe why people fear the gay agenda. Cause like, you know, it makes a lot of sense, right? It's nice. It's comfortable. Yeah. I like, I've like, not to like pull this. It's I've had a real, uh, come to Jesus lately of like sort of where I'm at, which is okay. A lot of people have come into wrestling, said, Oh, they're going to make wrestling better. They're going to do so much for wrestling. They always end up being charlatans or frauds or gaslighters and they abuse people and they do this. And I still see so much of this high school petty mentality that is, it's been in our business forever to the point where you sort of don't want to overcome it. And now it's like, okay, I'm going to take on a very hard job of fighting this constantly and cutting down a lot of branches. But if we can come out of the other side and it looks better and people are looking at us for our talent and not just, oh, well, they're gay people. Yeah, we've got to lay that label out first and be really aggressive about it now because in the future, when we have these new paths, it's going to be a lot easier for people to go, yeah, I am a gay person. Of course I could train to be a pro wrestler. It, it would never even be a question of if I could do that. Of course there's safe spaces for me to exist where I'm not going to be attacked homophobically, where it almost is like second nature. I just like, I'm ready to jump into the weeds. I'm ready to test it at all levels. I came into this business after I had been a part of other businesses. Mm -hmm. I ran a moving company. I took it from 600 grand to two and a half million. I couldn't work for other people anymore when I saw what was going on in wrestling and turning my hustle into wrestling. It's, it's flipped a lot of things and it's put a lot of work on my back, but 
I think I'm kind of carving a weird path that that is going to matter down the line, uh, but it's going to take a lot of just like head down, let's go right now. You know something? You know what really helps, <clears throat> and just in general, like when the people in your community go out there and crush it in the ring when they're having their matches. You know, that's a big. I mean, that's important as fuck, man. Oh, very important, and. There is the expectation of they have to crush it, right? They have to yeah. work that much harder. But what's been exciting for me is these people who I know have this talent, when they are given the opportunity to just be themselves, they do it at the highest level. And I've seen these people coached at other shows. We've been booked together in other places. Not to say that they aren't just as good in those places, but my mentality is, hey, I know how much time I want you guys out there for. Uh, I booked you because of who you are. Be the most of who you are and be that person, whether you think it's weird or strange or it won't click. Our audiences are usually pretty open-minded and they catch up. And I think that's true for all of wrestling. Wrestling always has a little bit of open-mindedness of if it can get over with me, it'll work. There are so many mm -hmm. things that if you describe them objectively would never sound like they'd be over that have been over and over and over and over. When you put the people in the right position, they succeed when you count on their strengths instead of saying, I need you to fit this box because you're this, you got to do this thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, so Effie, let me, um, let's talk about Mexico and, and the uh, Exoticos down there, man. Cause yes. Uh, it, Cassandro, Pimpy, Pimpinella. Like, Pimpinella. Yes. Well, you know, badasses too. The yeah. most badass. Pimpinella will kick your fucking ass. And I'm, I'm trying bro? to get Pimpinella back in here, back in the U.S., back ready to go. Cassandra was on uh, the first Effie's Big Gay Brunch that we had against Sonny Kiss, main mm -hmm. event match for that show, seeing a an Exotica legend against an up-and-coming you know, superstar that is on TV, that is openly gay. Sonny Kiss really breaking a lot of boundaries. The thing that really encouraged me about Cassandra is Cassandra was there talking with everyone, willing to talk to the talent, willing to go over things. And there was a moment where... Cassandro was listening to sort of the things that we've gone through. What have been your challenges? And was goading these questions and said, and I said, I don't want to take away from you or one up you, but hearing your struggles here and what my struggles were, which were people trying to knife me, people attacking me with batteries as I enter the ring, me having to keep a smile with my makeup on of people spewing hate all the time, not knowing if I'd get safely to my car going, we have at least come somewhat farther than where I was and being very excited about that. It's very hopeful. And to know that, Cassandra was excited not just to be on these shows because, oh, the shows are here and it's good. It's a booking. Cassandra was excited to watch the whole show and take in the whole show and talk to everyone about their matches. That collaboration within our community makes such a difference because we haven't had those leaders mm -hmm. and advisors before that have really taken us seriously as ourselves. They've said, hey, here's in wrestling terms what you can do and what you can do, but mm -hmm. not as I've lived as a gay man in a homophobic world and succeeded. Here's these little things you can do and these little steps you can take. It means so much to have that person there. And like, I was talking to Cassandra on the phone for the first time, and I just remember thinking, who would have guessed that you'd get here? And just getting to introduce Cassandra even to a new audience now of people who've gone, I've sort of heard or I've heard things, and getting to see in person what Cassandra is capable of and what Cassandra has done, it's, the whole experience has been such a magical yeah, thing. Dude. Yeah, there, it was just like, if, if, if anyone's not familiar with what uh, we're talking about down in, in Mexico, it's, I mean, it's, I like the original, like, was like Pimpinella, Escarlata, and Rudy Reyna was another one. Rudy I think Reyna. Rudy is. I think Rudy has passed away. If I'm not yes, mistaken. yes. Uh, but, but they've also there's a Vice documentary too about some of the newer uh, girls that are doing it. And I think what's different now is 
back in the day, they still said, hey, as as uh, these men, we are dressing as women and we are doing more mm -hmm. of a drag transformation. But what has shifted is there are more gender non-binary people and people who are transgender women now who are saying, I am just as valid in the professional wrestling world and I am still an exotico, but it's not a character to me to be this beautiful woman anymore or to be this. Mm -hmm. And they face many new challenges because of that, but they are really bringing a lot to wrestling by authentically being themselves. There is no mask to that of, mm -hmm. of saying, this is the most real version I can give you of myself. And I do exist as this beautiful, lovely woman. Mm, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, well, um, this has been an awesome conversation and we can always have Effie back, right? We're not just always, gonna, we're not just going to bring Effie around during pride month and then forget about him. Like, I think that's like the, this is no. of, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I, listen, I already joked that I'm too busy during pride month anyway, so it has to be pride year. Or you're not going to get the booking. That's where mm. I'm at. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, since we're here, Effie, if you don't mind, I've created this game that I want you and Sean to play. Do you mind sticking around to play this game here for a couple minutes real quick? Let's, I'm all about it. I love playing games. Okay, wonderful. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the game show. It is me. <laughs> it's me, your host, Nick Hausman, and we are going to be playing a great new game this week. Uh, our returning competitor here uh, to the side of me, of course, two-time Hall of Famer, uh, uh, Sean Xbox Waltman. Sean, welcome back to your game show. Thank you. Yeah, wonderful. And then below me here, we have Effie. Effie, uh, welcome to the game show. Very excited to be here. Hope I That's can come with the grand prize. It's a hell of a fucking mustache you got going, Effie. I honestly, I trimmed it up for today because I had a real Hollywood Hogan thing going with it over the weekend, just trying <laughs> okay. to look more disheveled. Uh, well, superpowers colliding here, Effie and Sean Xbox Waltman. Today's game, this week's game is called. LGBTQ and A or embrace the gay agenda. All right. So uh the way I can't believe you're doing this to, to Sean Xbox Waltman right now. This is intense and incredible. I hope this is easy for him. No, this is a real easy game. It's all okay. don't worry about it. There's there's no resistance. Okay. And so anyway. what would you what would you think the problem would be, Effie? Yeah. I'm just I'm, curious. It sounds like he's about to go into some heavy LGBTQ trivia, and I don't Probably. want him to just be like because sometimes people are like asking crazy questions like, oh, Sean Waldman, what are poppers? And you're like, and then you're goaded into a weird answer. I don't want it to be that kind of show, you know? Mm -hmm. To be fair, you brought up the poppers. poppers. I'm just giving an example of what's happened previously in my journalistic experience with some interviewers. Okay. Well, uh, you think very poorly of me. That's not okay. I'm excited. I'm, I had, had I'm poppers. Excited. Poppers. Isn't that kind of like a fucking gay stereotype type thing to say anyways? It's also just a really fun activity for couples who are in love. Maybe <laughs> it loosens you up. I'm told. I'm, I'm told it loosens you up. Right? Makes for a great. <laughs> so anyway, in this game, I'm going to read you multiple choice questions regarding members of the LGBTQ pro wrestling community. Uh, mm. Now, all of the wrestlers, I'm going to ask you questions about. This comes from the list of LGBTQ pro wrestlers on the Wikipedia page. So that is the source here for all this. Uh, the person gets the most questions right by the time i decide the game is over is gonna win now nick, nick try not to out anyone that's not fucking that's why i say this is the list you know it's a public knowledge right. you know uh, last time we did jobbers or drag queens you got very upset immediately at some of the people i classified. Oh, what the fuck man like they're yeah. not jobbers well anyways all right we're not uh, going hey that he's like oh uh, his list of jobbers is fucking bobby blaze 
Come on. Come on. That was the first one. The guy I started with. Like, it's fucking Smoky Mountain. Like, anyways, whatever. You got to okay. give them their credit. Yeah. I digress. I'm ready. We're ready, Nick. That comes from the jobbers list on Wikipedia. That was their call. Okay. Anyway, so to decide who goes first here, I'm going to give you guys a couple seconds here to grab the most phallic item near you, and I'm going to determine which item is more phallic. So you've got, let's say, five seconds here. The most phallic item near me? Seconds. Yep. Oh, Oh, no. Sharpie. Three. I've got a big curvy ring light. Wow. Um, I honestly weirdly find the curvy ring light to be more phallic than just the, the pure Sharpie. Is it? I, it's like a it's like a dolphin's piece. I also had a pretty sharp pair of scissors, but that's a real that's a real prick. Gonna whip my dick out. <laughs> have to, have hey, to, so boy, Nick got Nick got like a uh, a bird's eye view of me pissing on a solo cup because I didn't realize the fucking the 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 camera was on. When we were doing an interview. Peacup. Peacup yeah. is the best invention of all time. Happy he texts me while we're doing the interview, like, what the fuck's the matter with you? <laughs> I don't think I said what the fuck's the matter. No, it's exactly what you said. What the fuck is going on right now? I wasn't like upset because, <laughs> like, honestly, uh, you know. I pulled, what, a, I pulled a Jeffrey Tubin on him. What a what a unique. Except for I wasn't jerking Tubin, Tubin's back, baby. Oh, <laughs> God. Know, you know, how many people can say they've accidentally seen Sean's penis, right? So I'm one of those people. So All right. well, Actually, probably a lot, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay, so the game. Uh, the game. Uh, the first question is going to go to Effie. Effie, your question here on which reality show did Jake Atlas have a heart-to-heart talk with Stephanie McMahon about being gay? Was it on Total Divas, Undercover Boss, or Tough Enough? That was on Undercover Boss, and Stephanie had a beautiful blonde wig that she should have brushed. <laughs> Dude, that was crazy, right? When she like revealed herself, and then Big Show had to be like, oh my god, that's Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> it was better than the Vince one, where he just put on the soul patch and wandered around the statues. Did he? He did. It's really good. It's He puts on like a shaggy gray wig and a like disturbed soul patch and he's just wandering around the like Andre the Giant statue like he's a janitor. Uh, Pretty wild. Right. Okay. One to nothing here in favor of Effie. Uh, well, wait, nothing. He hasn't had a chance yet to answer. It's a one-two opportunity. Wait, one- what? That was a fucking question? Yeah, yeah it was multiple right. choice. What show was it on? I guess Undercover oh, Boss. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay yeah. Gotcha. All right, wonderful. All right. All right, on back to you. Your question now. Which UFC stars team was Shayna Baszler on when she was on The Ultimate Fighter? Was it Ronda Rousey's team, Misha Tate's team, or Chuck Liddell's team? Oh, fuck. Ronda's? You are correct. It was Ronda Rousey. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. She was team Ronda there uh, during her time on The, the Ultimate Fighter. I wouldn't right. know. I would have said Misha Tate, honestly. Um, well, you'd have been wrong. So we are know. Tied. we're tied one apiece now. Uh, how about this one? On which late night talk show, uh, or no, what late night talk show host did Cassandro train to be a pro wrestler in 2017? Was it Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, or Conan O'Brien? It was Conan O'Brien because he looked so creepy in his wrestling gear, and I was all about it. Yes, yes, very pasty. That his- man's like seven feet tall. Shoot, like they'd have to advertise him as like eight foot two in the Fed. <laughs> Hey, what about hey Effie? What about Daniel Tosh, man? When he does some of that shit, do you ever do you ever see any of that? Uh, like, what is he doing with, with like 
Is he doing it to himself? No. Anyways, never mind. Okay. I didn't mean to go up into the Daniel Tosh weed. I here. thought maybe he had like a Pornhub video. I wasn't sure. No. No. All right. Two to one. Effie's up two to one. Sean, uh, back to you. What branch of the U.S. or what branch of the U.S. Agriculture Agency did Orlando Jordan work for for before becoming a professional wrestler? Did Orlando Jordan work for the Food Safety and Inspection Service, the United States Forest Service, or the Economic Research Service? Economic Research. I'm sorry. He worked for the United States Forest Service is what Orlando Jordan did. What? Yeah. Yeah, I want to. Are you write- trying to steamroll Sean on these? These questions are pretty insane. I mean, how do we fucking fact? I guess we could fact check it. Wait, we're gonna have to. Okay, look, and we're learning about the pro wrestling LGBTQ community. I want to ask. I wanted to ask you guys stuff that we would find out, like new knowledge. All right, back to you, Effie. Up two to one here. Which of the following WCW championships did Chris Canyon not hold? Which one did he not hold? Okay, was it the WCW US Championship, the WCW TV Championship. Or was it the WCW Tag Team Championship? Oh, man. It's the U.S. Championship. I'm sorry. He was a what? U.S. Champion. He was never a WCW TV champion. No. U.S. and Tag Champion, though. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. One. That was your chance All to right. go up by two. I know. I know. Yeah. Elaine is over. Drama. All right. Well, hey, Sean, back to you. What name did Sonny Kiss go by on Lucha Underground? Was it Exolicious? Topsy Bottoms or Sunny Kiss? Sunny Kiss. <laughs> no, Do not pick Topsy Bottoms. God. <laughs> it was Exolicious. <laughs> so you're not right. Do you like that? No. I didn't, I didn't no, you didn't, he didn't pick. He picked Sunny Kiss. That's Did not he? what he thought. Yeah, he was Exolicious no. on Lucha Underground. Which, like, all love to Sunny, but is that? did he come up with that name? I don't know. Exolicious? That was his name. Exolicious. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah. That's like I mean, barely a. Okay. It's like, not a, like, oh, let's come up with the name for like, up the All top right. for him. How about this? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know if Topsy Bottoms was going to was going to land. Topsy or... Bottoms is the funniest thing I've ever heard. That's like. It okay. sounds like Popeye's new girlfriend. Totally made that up. That's nobody. It's a. <laughs> OK, anyway, uh, back to back to uh, Effie here. Still up two to one. Which woman defeated Piper Niven in the 2017 May Young Classic to eliminate her from the tournament, which she eliminated by Santana Garrett, Serena Deeb, or Tony Storm? I'm going to guess Tony Storm. You are correct. That puts All right. Up, that puts you up three to one. I'm going to ask you one more here, Sean. It's a tough one. If you get it, uh, maybe I'll give you two points, but I don't know if you're going to get it or not. So here you go. Sean, what did Mercedes Martinez get her degree in? Was it theater, accounting, or criminal justice? Fuck, I don't know. Um, <laughs> just guess, like criminal justice? You're right. You're right. You're okay. right. That, that makes it 3-2. Okay. All right. Uh, if you could get this one, Effie, I think I'll maybe give you the win. We're closing on a winner here. Uh, how many times did Pat Patterson hold the 24-7 championship? Once, twice, or three times? The 24-7 championship? Yeah. Twice. He only held it once, and he became, ah. the, he became the oldest person ever to hold a WWE title when he won the title. Uh, Sean, back to you. Yeah. Fred Rosser was voted worst feud of the year in the Wrestling Observer in 2016 for feuding which with which superstar? Was it Ryback, Titus O'Neil, or Hornswoggle? 
I mean, <laughs> Hornswoggle? No, I'm sorry. It was Titus O'Neill. And with that, Effie has one three to two definitive winner here. I don't even have to get Wow. And so you've won the first game of LGBTQ&A or Embrace the Gay Agenda. Uh, I had a lot of fun researching this and coming up with these questions. And I'm super glad Toppy Bottoms landed. That was like a big thing for me. Um, that's it. Sean, you look despondent. You look really upset. You know. You wanted to win. I, You know, Effie, I'm kind of used to it by now. You got to listen. We've got to work a reverse rib on Nick and get him in a trivia question where he's just definitely going to be lost. Yeah, it's just like I mean, I, I think I might have won last week. No, you didn't. You've only won once. You've I'll say it. Once. I'll say it, Sean. It felt like a setup. A little bit of a setup. It's it's always rigged against me. Okay, come on now. All right. Well, hey Effie, thank you. <laughs> uh, where thank you. Where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, support you, all those wonderful things? Uh, all my social media handles are Effie Lives, E-F-F-Y Lives, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. Every Monday at 8 p.m. on Twitch, Eastern Time, I host a show called Monday Not Raw. We watch DIY independent crazy wrestling. On Wednesdays at 4, we watch weird wrestling. So it's oh. all really weird. Uh, but I do want to put over the wrestling is gay stuff. We're moving our distribution chain. I was the one shipping all the orders, which is crazy if I told you how many shirts we sold. But we have raised over $4,000 so far for Lost and Found Youth in Atlanta. They're an LGBTQ uh, homelessness shelter. They help with job mentorship. They help mm. with uh, career placement, food, clothing. So it's a silly concept to just say wrestling is gay, but we've been able to do real stuff with it and move real money into charities. And there will be a lot more of that coming soon. Right on. Effie, hey man, uh, is there is there a podcast dedicated to um, the LBT community? Yeah, the Alphabet Mafia, as some of us jokingly say. Uh, I don't know if there is. There may be, but I'm not. I'm not entirely. I sure figured you would just know. dedicated. I would know, wouldn't I? Yeah. yeah. Maybe I mean, I mean, I mean, is that like? I mean, would that even be? I don't know. I mean, listen. I was just got, wondering. Every day we've got a new superstar. I love it. I love the the yeah. outreach and the comfort. Uh, more and more people are joining us. You know, all yeah. Well, jeez. I mean, comfy now. And there, I mean, come on, man. I mean, dude, there's fucking so many gay people in wrestling that haven't come out yet or whatever. Listen, Sean, that's on, what man. I want to say too. And I mean, this question really comes <laughs> up, but I want to say this. There has been a little pushback because there's people who built careers being in the closet and that works for them and it's very meticulous. Uh -huh. And our existence in their world by being so outwardly gay and pushing the gay and talking about it makes them uncomfortable. And what I say is just relax and be yourself. And if what's worked for you works for you, that's you. But it feels good to just act on your own and be your own person. I know we've gotten heat from people who've kind of said, I think I'm at risk of being put in a situation. That's not why any of us are here. We're not here to out you. We're not here to get you out. Right. We are here to exist and show people it's okay. And we're here to show you that like, you probably could have been all right too. Right on. Effie, thank you so much, man. Thanks, Sean. I really appreciate great. it. Nick as well. Thank you. That's it for another edition of Pro Wrestling whoa, for whoa, Life, whoa, everyone. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 Sean. We've had a packed show here, Cardona, Effie. But, you know, before we wrap it up here, since we had Effie on, and we usually have a patron come on to play you in the game. We decided to do a little different this week. I've got an idea for a new segment where we're going to bring on uh, a patron to occasionally ask you what I'm going to call one, two, three questions. Would you be down to take a couple questions from one of our yeah. Okay. 
Well, that's good that you say that because we have one of our awesome patrons here today. It is J.S. Trudell. Uh, John, thank you very much for taking the time to come on here and, and chat for a bit on Pro Wrestling for Life. Hi there. Thank you for having me. No problem. Sean, this is one of your awesome fans. This is J.S. I don't know if you've never met him. No. So would you prefer I call you J.S. or John? Whatever is good with you. J.S. is fine. John is fine. Whatever. I mean, well, you know, what do your, your friends call you? J.S. J.S. What's up, yeah. man? Oh, man. Nice. How are you, sir? Got Great. the wolf up top all right well hey john while, since you're here with the, the gimmick here you get a chance to ask sean three questions on the show so why don't we start off what is your first question for sean well since knowing that you pretty much wrestle against pretty much everybody alive in a way i was wondering in all the matches that you had if you could change a finish from any of your matches whether it's who's going oh, over or or the ending sequence what would it be and with who Mm. Oh, wow. That's a good question, man. Like, oh, fuck. Honestly, I wish I wish I would get a heads up on what the questions are going to be. I could give way better answers. <laughs> okay. Seriously. No, that's fine. We've never done this. I wanted- Seriously. Like, I, I, I get, I drop blanks on shit like this. And it's way better if I have these uh, ahead of time. But, um, oh, fuck. That's fine. Do you, does- man, it's, you know, JS... I try not to have too many regrets or, or like, you know, um, I was a little like for a while there, like I was feeling kind of bad about the finish of my match with, with Ric Flair from, uh, from Sturgis Mm. because like, I, I, I think I had him fucking kick me in the balls and pin me with a handful of trunks and like, I should have just had him fucking hit me with the figure four, man, because that's what people want to see. So, of course, you know. But and then, but then I had Denise Salcedo on uh, uh, talking to me for a segment, and oh, it was about it was it was something about the Great American Bash or something. Yeah, uh, from you know with the War Games, and and she thought it was good that I I didn't have him beat me clean. You know that. Uh, do you, I don't know if you remember her saying that, but anyways, I'm going off fucking. No, that's fine. And by the way, you were really hard on yourself. The Ric Flair answer was like a really good answer to John's question. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, like I could have thought of some. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Next time we'll give you the questions. All right. Well, yeah, it will help. It will help. Okay. Well, anyway, let's dive back into the magic eight ball here. What is, uh, what's the second question here, John? Well, the other two questions are pretty softball ish, if you will. Uh, the second one, well, a quick background on me first. I've been a referee on the Indies for like 19 years, so I, I've seen my share of matches. And one of my pet peeves is tag team matches. So I was wondering your thoughts on tag team matches insistent on getting their shit in, which often ends up burying the referee, in this case, me. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm for, I'm for people getting their shit in, but like, you can get your shit in and not bury the referee. They're not fucking mutually exclusive, like things, you know? Um, so whoever who like whoever you've experienced like getting their shit in and, and burying you as the referee, they weren't doing it right. Okay. Bottom line. You can get your shit in and not bury the fucking ref. Like it's not that hard. It's just they don't like they don't know how to do it. No one's taught them. Or they don't give a fuck. All right. Well, coming from you, that warms my heart. 
Uh, all right, John, last question. One, two, three questions. How are you going to close it out here, Rashawn? All right, last question. It should be, it's a pretty easy one. Um, Vince McMahon is known for hating people that sneeze. Oh. So, what happens when he himself sneezes? Whoa. Uh, so, I've never seen it, but I heard. I heard like he sneezed one time and he was so fucking mad at himself. He was not, I, yeah, I, he was really pissed at himself. Yeah. Do you have any, yeah. do you have any Vinceisms, Sean, real quick? Anything that is unique to Vince that always, you always sound funny or no? That what? That you always thought you was unique or funny to Vince? Was there any Vinceisms that you No, had? I mean, like the, the, puts ketchup on a steak. Okay. Fair enough. That is kind of weird. All right. Anyway. Hey, John, uh, thank you for coming on this inaugural segment here. One, two, three question. Where can people online go find you if uh, if they want to find out more about you or talk to you, John? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at, at John S. Trudell. Yes, I know it spells John Strudel, but it's John S. Trudell. And you can find our company at uh, NSPW. We're on Patreon at uh, Lut NSPW. That's L-U-T-T-E, NSPW. Or we are on independentwrestling.tv. We have majority of our catalog is on there if you're curious about us. Cool. Hey, man. Are you from Montreal? I am from Quebec City. Uh, Quebec. Okay. I knew you were from up there somewhere, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's been a while since I've been up to that neck of the woods. Maybe one day oh, they'll let me back anytime. in. <laughs> you're welcome anytime. Hey, Thanks. man. Those were very nice questions, actually. Thank I you, enjoyed sir. them. I appreciate All right. it. Thank, Thank you, John. All right. And well, John is gone. That brings us officially. Now we're actually at the end of the show. I really had a great time this week. Matt Cardona was awesome. Effie was awesome. Love that we got to bring in uh, somebody from the Patreon over here to the show as well. Uh, we are, of course, on all the major social media platforms. And that's all I got. Sean, anything you want to say before we take it home here today? Not really. Thanks to everybody. You know, uh, obviously, Matt and um Effie coming on. I was I had, I had fun talking to Effie, and well, I mean, I had fucking fun the whole show. So, Good. <laughs> you know, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and that you tune in next week. Bye, everybody.